0: welcome to the full-time life podcast i'm staff a former corporate girly turned yogi and full-time lifer full-time life is all about acknowledging that the concept of work-life balance is flawed there's no such thing as work separate and apart from life it's all just life and it's up to each of us to prioritize and design our own full-time life balance This podcast is dedicated to providing tools, resources, and conversations to encourage you to live your full-time life to the hilt. This week, I have my good friend, Stephanie Zielinski, joining me on the podcast. She shares her own career journey from school educator to TV personality and tech producer, beginning with her roots where it all began, talking about big moves and big decisions she made along the way, and what gets her out of bed each morning. I hope you'll enjoy the conversation. I'm excited to have a guest to interview my good friend, Stephanie Zelinsky. Stephanie and I met as so many of my friends and I meet over yoga. I'm excited for this conversation. I'd love to hear a little bit about what Stephanie Zelinski
1: is all about. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about sharing a little bit of like my family background because who we are is so shaped by that and Florida is such a big part of who we are. So I was doing the math on the drive over here. On my maternal and paternal side, all four of my grandparents came to St. Pete, the St. Pete area in the 50s when they were like teenagers, young adults so my on my dad's side my grandma tinker who still lives at bayfront downtown she's 92. she met my grandpa near upham beach and he grew up on a dairy farm closer to largo on my mom's side she grew up in Seminole, just north of here in an orange grove and her dad uh was in real estate and she was one of 12 kids and She, both my parents are educators and that was the context in which they met. They were both teaching kids at a summer camp. Like all of that so much shaped who I am. My mom has been pretty ambitious her whole career even as an educator. So she started with a counseling degree, went to masters and ended up finishing PhD later in life all in education administration. While she was like working as a teacher, counselor, administrator, and going to school when she was in like her early 20s and having four kids all in a row my dad stayed at home with all of us and that's the house that I was born and raised in and lived in all my life and they still live there so I feel like so much of who I am is grounded in this really safe loving stable environment <laughs> it really launched me into college years and young adult life I'm 34 now and like a career where I finally feel like I can branch out. I can do anything kind of mentality. One thing I know
0: about you when we first met, I hate to use the word like you're a hustler because that's not quite the right word.
1: High achiever. Over ambitious.
0: Yeah. 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 But not just that because I feel like those sometimes have negative connotations too. I was totally like
1: using them kind of. (laughs) I can tell the way you. Because I'm like, I'm so over this high achiever
0: thing. (laughs) have designed your life in a way where your career and your income streams come from many different places you did a big event out in california that was for one job you you did some on-air stuff with your second job you're very multi-passionate that's the word that
1: i would use to describe you where did you get that from i'm a beneficiary of a public school system that somehow just established this great art magnet program from elementary, middle, and high school. In Pinellas County, they just created this arts magnet track and I got to be a part of that in middle and high school. So incredible art teachers, that's why I became an art teacher myself because they gifted me the practice of art. And the reason art is your is my answer to your question of what's up with the multi passionate thing how do you make that work it's because art is like my foundation my parents always really encouraged me and my siblings to be creative and even though like I was a good academic student I feel like art is that human part of myself that brings me back to myself and I weirdly got a degree in painting and went on to work in TV and tech but Art is the thing I'll always have that I need most. I think that what you're saying about multiple income streams and multiple jobs is just the way of the world. It's so impossible to work for one company today because everything's so uncertain. The way that companies used to work, they just don't work like that anymore. They dissolve, they upset, they get sold, people get fired. Okay. The way that companies used to exist, they don't exist like that anymore. And I feel like no millennial feels secure just working for one company. At least I don't. I know some people that do. But yeah, got to do like independent contractor work through HSN, Home Shopping Network, when I first became a teacher and loved it. It's so much fun, but it's inconsistent and... I needed, I've i always needed stability, like I've always been a worrier about money. I've always had a full-time job as well, and we can talk more about the path that has taken. What are the career moves you made? I got a degree in painting, spent the first year out of college working dead-end jobs in a small southern town, worked 60 hours a week for my first full year out of college, three separate jobs, made $20,000 that year. Wrote a grant to go back to South Africa where I studied abroad. I was making art with people in prison in South Africa When I came back, I was like forget these dead-end jobs Don't want to go back to them want an actual career type job did an internship which uncannily enough was for content video content about education but she couldn't pay me 40k a year so moved back home was so upset that i had to move back home because i try and be the child of my parents who they don't have to worry about and they know that i'll just be okay after two weeks of being home and being like i'm gonna make art i just applied to this job in tv and got it because there's this now like defunct auction station that needed someone to sell art on tv and i have very tiny theater background too, and was able to do that full time for two years. It was amazing. And my co-host of that art auction show said, you should audition for HSN. So that's how I got the part-time work at HSN as an electronics guest. And from that point started substitute teaching. And I knew if I could just get like one consistent airing a week, that could be my job with HSN and I'll just sub and try and see if that happens. It didn't happen. So after subbing, I started teaching at the Dropout Prevention Middle School. It was a dark place. The students didn't make a lot of progress. I think there's a lot of systems that fail them there. I loved them, they loved me. We had a great time as much as possible every day, but it was often pretty violent and just very pessimistic. So, when a talent recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn and was like, there's a new TV station that's pretty much like the old TV station you worked at and you need someone to host an art auction, name your salary, I was like, goodbye, <laughs> sorry. It, and I actually had a really hard time leaving that school because I felt like I was supposed to be there. One of my good friends, Stacy, who worked there with me, we had all of these deep philosophical conversations all the time about service. She and I came from the same Christian background, and I just had this idea that you there is no limit to how much you can sacrifice. You just sacrifice until you're dead. <laughs> and that's what you find in a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. public school teachers. Um, so it was actually still, even though I had this like dream thing to step into, which ended up only lasting six months. Um, I couldn't send that resignation email. I was sitting on my parents' couch with it all typed out and I'm like, mom, I can't send this, you have to hit send for me. She wouldn't and eventually I just like torturously resigned. But um, yeah, after two months of hosting that TV show, I went back to teaching at an elementary school and I was there for just over two years when my alma mater, the arts magnet program at the high school I went to contacted me and said, will you apply for a teaching role here? And that was amazing, because those are truly my people. So Mm -hmm. for for just over two years, or around two years there, I got to teach. So the big plot shift is how I got out of teaching, because I love teaching, and being at my alma mater was so amazing. Absolutely loved it. So my husband is boat captain, and he grew up in Alaska, and loves Boomer, loves the Pacific Northwest, and had just been itching to live in the Pacific Northwest. He's been in Florida a while, he looked at jobs out there in Seattle and one day just got offered a job. And two weeks later we moved. It was a very fast, rash decision. How did you wrap your head around a
0: pretty significant life change that was driven
1: by someone else's career opportunity? I think part of the way I was able to justify it for myself was that I've seen career teachers who stay in the classroom for 30 years and I felt like I had too many interests and too much potential to be that and I always thought that I would maybe spend 10 years teaching and then see what other heights I could achieve or what other cool things I could do but once you get into it, it's really hard to get out. So it's almost like I knew that I needed a force outside of myself uh, to pull myself out you of You were available for that, for a big opportunity, whether or not it was for you or for a Boomer. I was very passionate about him taking the opportunity that he wanted to have. Yeah. Yeah, it, and there was a lot of factors. He was just ready to try something other than Florida, and I was, you know, willing to do that. But it was very painful to leave my community. But you're also leaving your on air. Well, the timing of that was amazing because HSN was still remote. We didn't have to go into the studio. So for the whole year that Boomer and I lived in Washington State, I was able to do remote airings. So I was able to keep that role. The hosts were in the studio and all the guests Skyped in.
0: Wow! Yeah, so we
1: did our presentations remotely. It was great, and that really kept me afloat. It was just great work to do, it was great financially, but I still wanted a full-time job. And thank goodness for all that experience at HSN, because that's what led me to getting a role as an event host and producer at Inside.com, a tech media company based out of San Francisco. It took a few months, and then I got that job for Inside and worked remotely and have been doing that since. So where are you going? What's next for you? I think more purpose and less time spent working. So I just got contacted by my school district three weeks ago to train teachers. So I'm going to be doing that part time, which is the purposeful work that I want and need in my life. That's why I started volunteering. You know, HSN and Inside was not like that. I think that now that I have produced and hosted a tech conference, it's called Meet Our Fund, in San Francisco, I know that having that on my resume is a way to get more of that kind of gig work. And eventually I won't have all this gig work and full-time job. Eventually I'll figure something else out. But I think I have a goal over the next year to do one other, like to be an independent contractor with that kind of work. Just one time, because it could be, if I find the right gig, it could be like a really like high-paying, one-off, low-time commitment thing. What would your advice be to someone looking for more career opportunities? I think everyone has a different risk tolerance, and you need to know what yours is. I have a low risk tolerance, which is why the advice my mom gave me resonates with me, which is the best time to find a job is when you have a job. What's the best thing you've done all week? Honestly, the best, like my favorite, most like enriching, most feel-good thing that I do all week is volunteer at Brookwood. It's a group home for girls and I hang out there and do like homework help every Monday and it's always like the highlight of my week. What um, makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning? I feel like this answer is always changing because we have stages of life, right? Like the stage in life, the stage of life that I'm in right now is the make hay while the sun shines stage. So it's a very busy stage. Granted, last year was like that too. So it's almost the end of 2023 right now. And for the second half of 2022 and the first half of 2023, we were fixing up a house and I was working full-time and I was doing H-Sign work on the side. That was super busy and it's still super busy just with my two jobs. The reason that's the answer to what makes you excited about waking up, it's Right now, I just have to wake up and get to work, and granted, I love a lot of the work I do, like when I um, hosted that conference in San Francisco, I was so excited to wake up every morning. I mean, being somewhere different, travel, that's always an exciting thing to wake up for, but um, I think... Right now, I get excited to make art. I get excited on the weekend when I have free time to exercise. But at earlier stages of my life, it'd be different. It's just very busy. And I know that's not going to be forever because it's not sustainable. So I'm trying to figure out how to be less busy and for the time being, make hay while the sunshine. What does your
0: morning routine look like right now? How do you fit in time to take care of yourself?
1: I think the ideal routine always starts with working out. And I only recently realized that part, a big part of the reason I do that is because I have a very like fast brain and I never realized until recently how much working out like centers my mind. I realized that's a huge function of exercise is just to set the (laughs) serotonin for the day, the mood for the day, level me out, calm me down. So that's an ideal first thing that I can do when I wake up. But after that, it's usually coffee and breakfast. I love food. (laughs) What's your typical breakfast? Never miss breakfast. About half the time, it's usually a green smoothie. So it's half frozen banana, spinach, yogurt, protein powder, almond milk. And about half the time, it's like an egg on toast kind of thing. What's the most important thing that you do when you wake up and before you get out the door? Working out right away is that... I feel like I have such a flighty mind that, like, anything that's important to do, I better do it right away. Especially with my schedule, it's like eh, a million things will just start to get in the way, no matter what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, if I'm going to HSN early in the morning... It's usually very hard to get a workout in before that, but I bring a little suitcase because we used to have hair and makeup artists there, but now we do our own hair and makeup and we have to bring our own wardrobe options. And I like pack my little suitcase, get my products that I'm selling. I present electronics on air. And do you have yeah. a get ready room? It's cool. So in this house that we renovated, there are three rooms. So my husband and I each have an office. And my office is definitely the most unfinished room in the house, but it has a closet, like a decent sized closet. I installed little folding doors, I installed cabinets. I got a piece of furniture that's like an armoire and I modeled that off of the visual coordination room backstage at HSN where they have like the tower with the ports and the plugs so I can organize and charge all of my electronics that I sell and then on the other wall I installed shelves and like closet rods and then my favorite hack is a little rolling closet. That's where I like style myself every day. I like take stuff out of my closet and put it on there and look at it and figure out what I'm going to wear. Of my getting ready space and I have all my jewelry organized there. What could people expect from your on-air persona? I love getting feedback from people because I love seeing myself through other people's eyes. One of the directors recently was like, I'm so glad you're on air more, Steph. You're so engaging. You really pull people in. You're very energetic and positive, and I mean, that's kind of the HSN way, too, which is why that place and me jive well, but yeah, and they always say that I can explain electronics in a simple way, so that's what you'll see when you see me on HSN. This was a
0: wonderful conversation. I appreciate you helping me with all the tech setup. up. (laughs) It is a whole There's lots of technology going on.
1: This is so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I
0: hope you'll join us again. Bye. Bye. My hope in sharing this episode is that in hearing someone else's career journey story, it made you think about your own, the key decisions, big moves, the things that you prioritize most and that are most important, and maybe even where you'll go next. Absolutely want to encourage you to go and live your life to the absolute hilts until next time.